was really excited when I heard about the sermon series that we were going to be going through as a church, um, the Holy Spirit. I feel like my own journey with the Holy Spirit, understanding about the Holy Spirit and how the Holy Spirit works in our lives, really only began a few years ago. The church that I grew up in and the church that I went to for most of my adult life didn't put a huge emphasis on the Holy Spirit, instead really focused on the knowledge of God, which is not a bad thing, but I realized throughout my last couple years of my study of the Holy Spirit and trying to understand the Holy Spirit more, I've missed out. Um, I feel like when we don't embrace the Holy Spirit and understand it deeper, we miss out on the whole picture of God. And honestly, in my study, I really found that I don't really understand the Holy Spirit. It's such a mystery, but isn't that the beauty of it? Because I feel like if we understood fully the Holy Spirit, we would put God in a box. And so if you're like me, and maybe the idea of the Holy Spirit makes you a little uncomfortable, maybe it's something you don't understand, um, I just invite you that we are in this together. We're on this journey together. Um, none of us have it figured out, and that's the beauty of it. So last week we heard Ryan talk about hearing God's voice. This week we're going to be talking about being filled with God's power. We're going to be, um, our time in the Bible today, we're going to spend time in 1 Samuel 16. We're not going to get there quite yet, so if you want to get your Bible ready, open it up to 1 Samuel chapter 16. Samuel's found in the Old Testament of the Bible. But before we get there, I want to invite you to participate with me. As I was prepping and studying for this sermon this week, I found myself wrestling with this word power. And I was like, why am I struggling with this word power? And I think what I realized is that there is a huge difference between earthly power and God's power. And so I was processing this idea of power as really negative feelings for me. Um, when I think of the word power, I think of control, I think of oppression, I think of glorification of oneself. And that is not what God's power is about. So if you would, I invite you to participate in the chat box. When you think of the word power, and I'm talking about earthly power, what phrase, what person, or what word comes to mind when you think about earthly power? So I'll give you a few moments to think about that, but put that in the chat box. I love to hear what you have to say. Good government, privilege. Domination, control, control, manipulation, fear, status, president. These are all so good. And that is exactly the feelings. And feel free to continue to put them in the chat box. But those are the feelings that I was feeling too. And so I had this weird feeling of like, okay, well, that's earthly power. What is God's power? 
And so for a moment, I want you to reflect. And when you hear the phrase, God's power, what comes to mind when you hear God's power? What phrase, what word, what image comes to mind when you hear God's power? My son put electricity. <laughs> Healing, harmony, omnipresent, purposeful, creation. God's power is freedom to live in peace. Oh, I love that. Sovereign, absolute love, transformation. Oh, amen. So keep them coming if you want, but you can see the difference. So I want to make sure we make that clarification that today we are talking about God's power. And God's power, when he uses it in people, the sole purpose of it is to bring glorification to God. That is the sole purpose of being filled with God's power is to bring glory to him, that he may be glorified. So when we dive in today, I just want you to keep, in, keep that in mind, those words that came up in the chat box, what it means to be filled with God's power is to bring glory to him. So turn with me, if you will, to 1 Samuel 16. I'm going to give a little summary, and then we're going to jump in at verse 11. So the background is uh, Saul is king of Israel, and he is not following the Lord anymore. And so Samuel has been charged with finding a new king of Israel. And the Lord tells him it's going to be one of Jesse's sons. So he makes the trek to Jesse's and asks Jesse, line up all your sons. And so Samuel goes to each son and asks the Lord, is this him? Is this him? Is this him? And the Lord says, no. And finally, there's no more sons. And Samuel, this is where we pick up in verse 11. So he asked Jesse, are these all the sons you have? There is still the youngest, Jesse answered, but he is tending the sheep. Samuel said, send for him. We will not sit down until he arrives. So he sent and brought him in. He was ready with fine appearance and handsome features. Then the Lord said to him, rise and anoint him. He is the one. So Samuel took the horn of oil and anointed him in the presence of his brothers. And from that day on, the spirit of the Lord came upon David in power. I love this story for so many reasons. Um, first of all, I love that David's own father, Jesse, could not fathom that the Lord would have chosen him to be filled with God's power. He didn't even call him to bring him in to see if he would be the one. He was the youngest. He was with the sheep, a lowly position. He has no status in the family. And yet God saw him and chose to fill him with power. When everyone else overlooked him, God said he will be filled with power. And the story of David and Goliath. So I feel like this story in many ways has become a fairy tale. If you've grown up in church, you've heard this story over and over again, and you, you realize it may have lost its power over the years of how awesome this story is. So here we have David, the young boy, 
going to fight an incredible soldier in the Philistine army. No one else in the Israel army would even come close to fighting this guy. And here's David, a young boy with no armor, no sword, goes up to Goliath with stones and a slingshot and defeats him. It doesn't make sense. The only way it makes sense is that he was filled with God's power. And that story was not to bring glory to David. That story was to bring glory to God, to point and say he is the one true God and he is all powerful. But I wonder in that time and day, in the Israelite army, in David's old fam own family, he was overlooked. He was not, no one expected that he, this young boy, could be filled with God's power. And yet he did mighty things to bring glory to God. Another story, a little more modern day story of this, is the story of Sojourner Truth. If you're not familiar with it, she was born in the 1700s and born a slave. She escaped to freedom. And during that time, she came to know the Lord. And she clearly heard the Lord tell her to go and preach against slavery in the northern states. Here was a woman, and in that day's woman, women were not highly valued. She was a woman of color, and most people wouldn't have even seen her as full human, three-fifths of a human. And yet God chose her to fill with her power, to do a mighty work, to preach against slavery, to be a monumental voice against slavery during that time. I just would like to reflect and think back. If I was a person in that time, would have I overlooked her? Would have I cast her aside? Because I would not think she does not meet my credentials of who I believe can be filled with God's power. I just wonder. And during this message prep time, I was um, just evaluating my own heart and what my beliefs are and who I believe can be filled with God's power. What are the credentials I think people must have? What do I think, what seminary do I think they need to have attended? What do they look like? What do they talk like? And one thing that um, came to mind consistently um, were these little churches in my neighborhood. So my family and I live in the Lowell community and walking distance from our house, um, there are about three, what you would call like just storefront churches, these tiny little churches in our neighborhood um, with a, in a tiny room. But there's three or four of them around the neighborhood. And I thought they were brought to my mind and I thought, do I believe God can use them in a mighty way? Do I believe they can be filled with God's power to do a mighty work in our community? And it was so convicting to me because deep down, I don't know if I believe that. And that is ugly. And I was embarrassed to admit that. But I think if we don't admit that, 
we can't deconstruct what blocks us from seeing who God is and how he is working in our lives and in our community. So I want to invite you this morning in our time of groups, I want to invite you to be a little bit vulnerable. In our groups, um, as we're going to split up, we're going to talk about have you ever discounted someone? You think of the story of David. I can't even imagine people took him seriously for one moment. A boy. And then Sojourner Truth, a woman, once a slave, who would have cast her aside? And for myself, the people that I did not believe could be filled with God's power, how I might have missed out what God might have been teaching me. So in our groups, I want to invite you to be a little bit vulnerable and think about, have you ever discounted someone or discredited someone, not believe they could be filled with God's power because they don't meet your criteria? And then also another question is, how, how have you seen God's power work in your life? How have you seen God's power work in your life? So we're going to break out into groups. And I do invite you to be vulnerable because I feel like as we are vulnerable with each other, that allows for so much growth and so much opportunity to know God on a deeper level. So we'll break into groups. Welcome back. I hope you had a rich time in your groups. Um, and I really hope that you were able to be a little vulnerable. Really what I want us to take away with today is the idea that when we discount, when we disqualify people from believing that they can be filled with God's power, we miss out. We miss out on what God is doing, what God wants to teach us. So I invite you this week, be open. Be open to who may God may be using in your life. Is it a neighbor? Is it a coworker? Is it someone in your family? May we be open to what God wants to teach us through others this week. I'm going to pray for us. Lord, we are so thankful for who you are. We are so thankful that you continue to bring people into our life, to use them in a mighty way. Lord, we are so thankful that you fill people with your power to do mighty things so that you may be glorified, Lord Jesus. May our eyes be open this week. May our hearts be open this week to who you are using. May we lay down our own prejudices against others. May we see others as you see them, Lord. We love you in Jesus' name. Amen.